Welcome to Mischief Sires and Habs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen pen ultimate podcast. Yes, uh, it's we we're almost there. There's one more episode of Riverdale, Riverdale after this. But hey, they did the they they did the modern season finale thing where the things were they, they announced. Did, yeah, well, most of the things were resolved. In this episode. And next episode is just going to be a goodbye to every individual character. Which is like... That's what Supernatural did. All, all, all the plot stuff usually gets revolved. I would argue with this one. They resolved the plot stuff last episode. And this was also that. And then they're going to have one more. Yeah, no. They just waved a hand. We're like, hey, 1950s? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh... Yeah. Man, it's, it, it's weird. And here, look... I'll, I'll give it this, like, when you're watching it and you get toward the end, like, hey, you know what? It is – they do the work. They It's it's very sentimental at the end. You know, you you feel like, yeah, you throw your fists up in the air. We did it. It's, the, <laughs> it's done. And you get a little, like, misty-eyed. But Do you, though? This well, is, like, weird and unjustified. No, I would argue that while it was happening – Yes, because they did all the things. Yeah, they the did actors, do the things. The actors acted their hearts out. They put the, the swelling music. They they had like, like the tones were all there. They and, had flashbacks to previous seasons and previous yeah. episodes. And then you then you be done, and then you take a step back and go, well, hold no, hold on a second. Wait, none, what? Of that, none of that. <laughs> none of that. What? <laughs> I think the problem, and once we get into it, you'll see more of this. But I think. As an overall, the problem is, is that this was a finale for the 1950s. And not for the entire <laughs> other six seasons of this show. So I don't feel resolved. You could also argue this is a finale for, like, last season as well. Season, like, season six. The Comet. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, even but not like it, that. It, it doesn't feel like the all, like the entirety of all seven years of Riverdale had like come together in this moment and don't get me wrong that is hard to do it is really yes. really hard to do I'm not especially gonna... if you're not a show that's like hey we're gonna have like a five season arc a seven season arc if you don't have that goal in mind yeah it can be like very hard to sum up the overall arc but I would also argue that I feel like they did the opposite of it <laughs> This is not the opposite of it. This is exactly it. Because this is Riverdale, Season 7, Episode 19, The Golden Age of Television. The Golden Age of Television. We're right at the beginning of this episode where we get a Jughead voiceover talking about Riverdale, the town with Pep. Innocent, but hey, turns out not that innocent. Now that we have found out about the Red Scare, it's time for a town reshuffling. I guess, I, I guess, as I thought, think back, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that was your theme all the way through, like from the beginning, like from first season. Though, like, once you started doing it, it's kind of hard to have it always be the thing, but the theme was like, hey, this is supposed to be the perfect town. But, ooh, turns out dark things are in it. This one was, hey, looks like the perfect town. But actually, it's the 1950s. And the some bad things happen in the 1950s. The people who are in charge of things are the dark things. Yeah. Which I guess was also the plot of season one. 
Yeah, because I guess you. Yeah, I guess Clifford was in charge of things. So anyway, <laughs> we we're gonna go through some people. Um, Archie's reading on the road by Jack, Jack Kerouac. Uh, Featherhead is stepping down. I'm still unsure about his part in all this. Like, it is wild that Featherhead is fired or stepped down. Like forced fully. to resign. Yeah, and Werther's is Isn't. not because weren't they? The, I almost thought the implication was that Werther's was the one who turned him in, but Werther's doesn't get anything out of this. No, Werther's like, does they, they, not succeed, nor does he fail. Yeah, like, like they almost hinted there being a problem where, like, oh, now Werther's is going to be the principal, but he has no interest. He already has another job, so just someone turned him in, I guess, claimed he was part of the. Okay. I, I need to say that I didn't say this last time. I said it a little bit last time, but I think this one moment here, because we're at this point, we're after this, we're gone from the whole pro- Project Moloch thing. Do uh, not worry about it anymore. Yeah, it's not a plot. But him, Clifford, him, yeah, making the fact that he was making the bomb for America while secretly also making it for Russia makes this all confusing because if Featherhead was involved. Wouldn't he just be involved as far as like, oh, I'm helping you make a bomb for America and I guess you need the principal of a local high school to do that? And so now I've been tricked, but now I can still continue to work here because I've been tricked. Like Once again, it feels like when they were doing the Red Scare and everything was framed around, the problem isn't being communist. The problem is people falsely claiming you being communist. This one feels like they're like, no, the problem was he's making a bomb. I'm like, no, but America was cool with him making the bomb. America wanted that bomb. Like, Everything is based like they're all constantly being like, oh, make bomb, make bomb. I was like, no, well, no, like he was still making the bomb for America. The reason that the government's upset is because he was actually making it for Russia. Yeah, and the P bomb, <laughs> the palladium bomb, yeah, still bad. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's stronger than a thermonuclear bomb. So, <laughs> but science. Gotcha. Got some new people. Um, or some more people. The Coopers. <laughs> I like how. They said with it, all these things are changing. The Coopers are exactly the same, though, but except for Mr. Cooper is now living in the basement bedroom and will not be seen for the rest of this episode. He will have no lines. So, like, nothing really changed. Uh, Betty is apparently confused by this. Because divorce is complicated in the 1950s, so, I guess. Yeah, so she talks to her mom. like, why didn't you break up when, the, um, when, the, when it first happened? Why, uh, why didn't you break up? Why aren't you divorcing now? And they mostly just talk about more and stuff of women in the 1950s. Yeah, Alice's response is, but I'm a woman. So. <laughs> Which is a good response. I hate supporting Alice, well, but so, like, good response. Well, the thing I kind of want to give, want to go to here is that like, so yes, they want to seem that Alice is strong and in charge. And like she's she's like being like, oh, I'm so dependent on Hal. I'm so dependent on Hal. Which is like true with all those things. Yeah. However... How's a weenie man? He's a weenie man. Like they, He's not even a serial he, killer. He's yeah. done nothing. So, the, so like, they want Alice to be, like, no, she's, like, a strong, in-charge woman who's, like, being this. The, and I think you could argue that, like, oh, but she's still, like, dependent on this guy. But, like, it's – I guess it's just their relationship. Kevin, would you like me to say it as a woman? Sure, I mean, you, for, you said what you're going to say. For this storyline to work, he has to be abusive. I think for what they want to get out of this, yeah. Yeah. Because, because, like, the only time we saw him, like, blow up 
was at Betty for for attacking Alice. Yeah, was like, like he, no, I, your mother, you don't you, know how much your mother yeah. has sacrificed. So, and what he was talking about was the fact that he got someone pregnant. Yeah. He, taken from, taken just from the evidence they've shown us, not what we're, not the, what they're telling us in this episode, what they've shown us shows us a guy who, like, I don't want to like defend him, but like no, a but guy he's who, like, Made oh, a mistake like 18 yes. years ago and desperately loves his wife. Yes. He's a weenie <laughs> dude who made a mistake. And it's like, oh, no, my wife is so but, good. She's so good. You should all love her. But, like, Alice was the one who shouted at him when the whole, like, Ethel in the show thing happened. She went in, She went, She went. went mad at him. He was like, well, I just think that, like. Maybe we should let her participate. And Alice but, was like, funny enough, no. People, <laughs> they'll investigate us. They'll need to know. It's funny enough they did it. No one no, did. No, no, one, no, no one cares. No one investigated it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this entire episode where it has this thing of her being like, like, don't get me wrong. I understand that, like, legally and all these things here. It feels like she has complete control over Hal. And it is wild that <laughs> this sleep, show. He's sleeping in the basement right now. Like, he. He he's acting. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Even in the twenty nineteens. Yeah. He lived in like at least their um newspaper house. Yeah, like like he he's clearly not the, like legally and financially yes, but like socially within the household. He's not the one in charge. No. Al- this entire time, I feel like Alice has been the one in charge. I've never felt like Hal was, except the, for that one time. But The only man who has ever exerted power over a woman on this show in the 1950s is Frank over Alice, but only when Alice was not there in the room. <laughs> you mean um, Molly Ringwald? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, not Alice. Oh, God. Yeah, Molly Ringwald Andrews. Molly Ringwald <laughs> What is her? What is her character's name? It doesn't matter. Molly Ringwald Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, her big thing here is like, oh, and I'll, I'll be al- when you go to college, I'll be alone, and I've never been alone for okay. A, like, like, you, shut you're, up, you're, you're Alice. confusing metaphors. You're mixing metaphors, like, because I can feel what she's doing, but it's not what you're like showing on the show. You're you can't have all of this cake. You can't have her be strong, independent woman, but also cowed woman. Like, what what's going on? Meanwhile, Meanwhile, Cheryl and Julian now live with Nana Rose. Yeah. Uh, of oh, course they do. The last one. Well, I mean, she was there. She just didn't talk, I think. And her first order of business is to... Make the blossoms rise from the... That's always been her thing. I didn't realize that Rose's thing was just having the blossoms be cool. But there's only one episode, so who cares? Apparently that's Cheryl's thing. Remember when that was her thing and then it didn't Last work. season and it, she did nothing about it? It wasn't even last season. That was like two seasons ago at this point. It was before the, the, the oh, break. Oh, the first time skip. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, where she was like, I'm going to make people trust the Blossoms again. Then I can date my girlfriend. But instead, <laughs> I spent so much time making my house I did, bigger. I did one thing. It didn't work. And then I got sad for seven years. Okay. Well, other people are sad because everyone's worried, Uh, like, who will be the principal? Is Could it going to be Werther's? No. 
Tony Topaz knows a man. Oh, no. She knows a man who would be a great principal. Well, no. Now, you're saying it in a way that makes it very obvious who she's talking about. When she first says, like, oh, I think I have an idea, but we'll need the PTA's help. And I'm like, who are you talking about? Okay, so I did get it then, but I forgot that before then, uh, Archie suggested Frank and was very no, upset. He said, I hope it's not Frank. <laughs> Someone, and I think that someone was Reggie, was like, what about Godzilla? Uh, well, yeah, because they're saying that, and that you know, there can be worse things. Anyway, um, there, so it's like, we need the PTA's help to get this person in charge. Uh, Al, uh, Alice is, of course, the head of the PTA, but, well, she was a brick wall last time. And then Betty's like, well, I think we should try again because... I've learned she's sad. Because now she sent her husband to live in the basement. She says, like, oh, well, things are different than last time. I'm like, how? I want you, TV show, inanimate TV show, I want you to tell me how things, what things are different. Yeah, what are the things? Because here's what I would say. Nothing changed. Betty just knows now. So is the implication that Alice was mean because it was a secret? And now that Betty knows she's not mean anymore, that's she still sent Midge to the abuse nuns. Like she, Kevin, Alice is bad. She is so bad. And the, but no, apparently, apparently, her keeping this secret from specifically her daughter is what made her racist. Well, and just one daughter, not yeah. Polly, just Betty. Just Betty. Once Betty. Betty knew, now she can be nice. Like, I don't want to say this. Mitch is still with the abuse nuns. I think this can only make me sound bad. (laughs) But Alice needs to have a child out of wedlock. Alice needs a Charles. Alice needs a bastard. Alice needs a bastard. I'm sorry, Well, Jughead also needs a bastard. So he's going to go see Werther's and get upset at him for... Pack Werther's is clearly packing his office. Okay, so Werther's <laughs> is packing his office because he's going to go to no, no, I, I Washington. Would, I first of all have the fact that he's clearly packing his office, and Jughead comes in and goes, "Ah, already moving to the the principal's place." I'm like, "What? He's packing his office." <laughs> But no, he's not going to the principal's place. He's going to go to Washington yeah. because he's going to do some legal things to stop the subversive popular culture. Yeah, I mean, because his power didn't come from Clifford. Maybe. Well, I mean, uh, he, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, I think he he did seem to have some. He's he he is Wortham. He is the guy who actually mm. like pushed the comics code stuff. To be fair, his name is Werther. Yeah, like he's, and Wortham was the person. In yeah, life, like so. he's pretty clear that guy. And that guy was just a psychologist who wrote stuff that like reached the right people. Now apparently he's going to go do it for like specifically the government, like. Sure. So it's like it's more comics code stuff, except for I guess now he's trying to make it actually be like legal footing, which I'm going to say, considering how these things actually went, is not good. Because as soon as the Supreme Court was involved, they're like, no, it's unconstitutional to do that stuff. So, but you know what? Werther's also sucks. Yeah. So uh, we're going to check up some more things. Um, Archie is pumped after he read On the Road by Jack Kerouac, and he has decided that he's going to be a vagabond when he grows up. He loves beat poetry. <laughs> those he's specific, those, doing it. <laughs> like, 
I like how he's like, I'm going to go be, I'm going to travel. I'm going to be a vagabond. I'm going to go everywhere. And Reggie's like, won't your mom be upset? He's like, she can't be upset. It's summer vacation. And I'm like, that's not how that works. <laughs> no, she can be upset at any time. But that is how it works Works for rich white guys. He's not he's gonna rich. Go tra- <laughs> he's not rich. He's a, he's a poor white guy. He's not, though. Apparently his mom's uh, dress shop is very successful. I do. I think. It's small town successful. Like, I just thought, I don't think that's the idea. Let's be real. Archie's going to go on the trains for two months and then come home and be like, oh, shoot, trains, they suck. No, I think I think he'll have a great time. Uh, however, Reggie's going to go off to his basketball camp. Meanwhile, Jughead and Veronica are like, hey, things have oh. happened for us. Oh, yes. Um, it was worth mentioning that when Werther's left, he did give Jughead, by the way, your comic was rejected. This comic is going to be treated with such reverence and grace, you'd think they would have talked about it before this episode. Yeah. Did you guys, the audience, know that Jughead wrote a comic book I mean, based on the comet, which yeah. we talked about, I don't know, Three, two, six episodes ago. Yeah, remember, remember the comet. Remember by W. E. B. Du Bois. Remember that that one that him and Tabitha, uh, past Tabitha, read R- real together? life Tabitha, not which, which a hundred. <laughs> Fortunately, they're all ta- of different form of real life. <laughs> Nineteen uh, fifties Tabitha and him did read it. Yeah, which I, that's why I said past Tabitha. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he. They definitely found out about this short story after the the whole comet thing because they don't quite tie it in enough. Enough. It's close, but it's most like it's close. But I didn't know the Jughead was writing a comic book about this because it's not really a horror story. Well, um, I will say when they show it later, it's definitely not in their horror imprint. It's in their Zip Comics imprint, yes. which I guess is just. The other imprint they did. That's probably that's probably where that that duck was. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but it was uh, it was banned or it was rejected because of an interracial relationship, which is actually what both the Hayes Code and the Comics Code both did. Yes, this is correct for the 1950s. Yep. I just didn't know Jughead cared about it. Oh, was oh was writing a yeah no him suddenly writing a story on the comet that we had not heard of before does come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was rejected because of interracial relationship. Um, Veronica is apparently now going to try to produce a comet movie because Jughead has the contact information for uh, Dubois like agent and Josie McCoy. Some episodes ago, maybe last episode, I don't remember, remember. Remember said, hey, you should be, you should do a movie. Remember that? Remember <laughs> yes, that? I do remember that. You should do a movie. So apparently that's what she's going to do. Okay. I like how she's like, oh, well, don't worry. If it won't work in comics, we'll take it to the movie. And I'm just like, you spent so long with the comics coat. You know the Hayes coat. Like, there's all still the Hayes coat. And like, this is 55. The Hayes coat has like seven more good years in it. Yeah, like, it's, it's starting to have problems but like it's funny it's just funny to be like well <laughs> if the the thing inspired by the Hayes code rejected it i'm sure the Hayes code is not racist all right well time for bay to go ask alice she's just gonna go, guilt her mom she's gonna talk about how um three schools were <sighs> shut down because of integration in riverdale so all the black schools had so many educators who are lost to time. Yeah, like... But only Waldo Weatherby can come back. I'm sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, they, they said they, they said we should grab an educator who spent the last year driving a cab. At this point, I'm like, oh, gotta be Weatherby, 100% gotta be Weatherby. Um, <laughs> at the beginning of the scene, Betty tells Alice like, hey, well, you, you remember you blocked the reporting on Emmett Till, and you must regret that now. And I'm like, so you're just telling her that she regrets it? I have no indication that she would. But of course, the reason she blocked the reporting on Emmett Till is because Betty didn't know she had a half sister. That is why she couldn't report on Emmett Till. Look, you can only be racist if you have, like, deep secrets in your past. <laughs> Once you don't have any secrets, you're not racist anymore. That's how we solve societal problems. <laughs> Ooh, oh. anyway. So, it is Weatherby. He's cool and progressive, so he's very much not the comics Weatherby. Now, Kevin, <sighs> did you notice, did he have all of his fingers on I, all of his I hands? I did not care enough to look. I have to I imagine Tabitha would give him all his fingers. Of all the weird things she's done, why not give the man his <laughs> finger? Um, and, by the way, we've been going for about 20 minutes. That's just the opening. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is where the credits hit. Yeah. So, <laughs> a lot happens at the beginning. But we're going to rush for you a few, through a few things here. Archie does visit Weatherby immediately to get Miss Thornton back. And, you know, he's cool and progressive. So, absolutely, that communist can come back. Because well, no, Archie, no, no, no. She no. wasn't a communist. Okay. She was falsely accused. Did she ever say she wasn't a communist? Or is Archie so. making that up? <laughs> I think we can assume she wasn't a communist. No, I think Archie was like, well, I saw her and she said she was cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's the show's sign for she wasn't a communist. <laughs> Me. Think, think, about the, think about the communist spies we did meet, Aaron. They were the Blossoms. That's true. Yeah. Meanwhile, Shara Blossom decides to sh throw a coup against I, the Vixens. I'll never get over the the weird way that the Vixens are treated, much like when Cheryl split off her house from the rest of the town. Just like a different subgroup in the school. Yes. Like the, they should the, just be chill cheerleaders. Yeah, but like Cheryl, the like I'll, remember when she. <laughs> not beat up, but mentally abused the just the teacher they tried the to coach? put in charge. Yeah, the coach. This team has no coach. It has Cheryl. And we're supposed to root for we're it. We're supposed it's to root for so it. So dumb. But and then she also just like, comes back and just like, well, Evelyn, I'm gonna be in charge here to a dance-off. And I'm like, someone has to be in charge of this. Someone has to be telling these kids what to do. No, Kevin, you're wrong. Cause Cheryl 2023 dances. Too good. Yeah. Jules, she does 2023 dancing to 1950s music. Evelyn just leaves. And then Cheryl's like, also, I'm gay and I'm dating a black girl. And then everybody clapped. And then one girl's like, I'm also gay. I can't get over how much this scene sounds like a Reddit post from that just that actually happened. Like, this is this is a fake story she would tell her friends, right? Yes. Well, so I went to the Vixens and I did a cool dance and Evelyn just screamed and left. And then I told everybody, hey, I, I'm gay in an interracial relationship. And then they clapped and there was actually <laughs> another gay couple there. And I'm like, I just don't believe, like, don't get me wrong. This is nice to see. I just don't believe sh this happened to Cheryl. because <laughs> <laughs> she's a terrible person. Um, all right. So okay. So meanwhile, Jughead goes to see Featherstone. He's like, hey. oh, sorry. Feel. Why are all of the names so similar? Mm -hmm. Fieldstone. He went to go see Fieldstone. He was like, hey, sorry. 
the comics code still does not want a comic book about the comet. And I mean, I, I, like, bet, I bet they would take a comic book about the comic if both the characters were white, but then that wouldn't be the comet. <laughs> and then Vilson's like, y'all. No, we just publish without the seal. Let's just publish it because I don't care anymore. Yeah. The, the, so this comic, once again, is treated very, very, like, very, very importantly. It's like, Fieldstone says, like, well, I'm, uh, and I'm done. I'm quitting. This comic was the best thing we've ever done. It really, like, it it meant something. And maybe it'll be a good, you know, like, like, like last time, like, last end thing for this. And I'm just like, I mean, I feel like if we were hearing about this comic more, like, through other episodes mm-hmm. than, the, than it getting rejected and it being Fieldstone, like, no, we're going to do it anyways. But, hey, that's going to be the where I'm shutting down Pep Comics. And this scene, this is what, like, I really want to point out one thing about how they shoot this show. This scene honestly made me feel emotional. I know. More, more than a lot of the other, like, human character scenes. But just Jughead and Feelstone. Because, like, man, the actor for Feelstone does just, like, he, he's, he is also Jughead's dad. Like, Jughead got a bunch of dads. So many dads. One's dead. The other one's Fieldstone. But, I, and Fieldstone, I think, just leaves after this. But. He, but, he 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 loves Jughead so much. And, like, I kind of wish there were more Pep Comics people. Yeah. Like, I wish I felt like this was more of, like, a team. Instead of just, just feel... I, I would say it almost worked with Fieldstone and Jughead because it kind of shows why Fieldstone has relied on Jughead so much. Yeah. And in this scene, he's like, do you want to write the last editorial? Like, kind of like a eulogy? And I'm like... Yeah, man, yeah. you did it. You you fought and maybe you lost, but you know what? You put that comic out, and that's what matters. You tried so hard, you found a second dad. Um, speaking of getting things printed, uh, Betty gets her printed book, and she's very happy about it, but also... Should I be furious about this? Because it is the 1950s, and I don't think that's how books work. Like, there's no way there were indie presses then. Um, maybe? No, but there were printers. Tell me more. There were printers. Okay. Yeah, she. I mean, she. She's not. she's not getting published... Through, like she's not getting it printed through like you know Amazon KDP or Drafted Digital. <laughs> she they treat it like here's the thing. I don't think this is wide release. Um, I I don't know what she's doing there, but what she did is probably she just got it printed at a printer because there are like bookbinders. She probably just okay. hired a bookbinder and bound and got her book bound. Um, and maybe this just one, and then she'll like. Like, do we're, more we're, we're talking about like like business stuff here and like she could take it around and shop it around and find the publisher to like fully publish it or maybe she'll just have one book and she got a printed book i guess i feel like it's a very modern storyline but i'm also on board with it no i, I think it, it definitely like it, it would be a different process but yeah she's just hire a bookbinder so um, speaking of modern storylines yeah so kevin brings his dad some food and, <laughs> I mean, okay. our, hint should, our hint should have been because um, Sheriff Keller, yeah, still Sheriff Keller, answered the door in a robe. So Frank is there shirtless. Yeah, coming, because, out, coming out of the shower. Because as we suggested, suggested last episode, they, they're boning, right? Like, yeah. they have to be boning. Well, it's, it's, there's too, too much awkwardness there. It could be a rug pull, maybe. Um, but if there's feels, only one episode to go. There's no way. No, they could do a rug pull in one episode. Um, I don't think they are. Uh, but uh, I guess shack up was the word there that Frank was using. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm once again, I'm not a gay man, so I can't say how this would make me feel as one of those. But I will say I do think 
just always showing homophobes as secretly gay is not helpful. Yeah, it's not a good <laughs> choice. You're like, oh, no, the reason that anybody's homophobic is because they're actually gay. It's like, no, some people just have hate in their soul. All right, well, uh, Alice no longer has hate in her soul, but she does have awkwardness in her soul because Betty shows her her book, and Alice is like, I don't think I want to read your book. That's a book for teenagers, and it's also about sex. Also, so no. there's also you're in your underwear uh, in, on the cover. But she leaves the book so that Alice could learn about both of them. Meanwhile, Archie has a scene with Thornton where she's like, cool, I guess you want to sleep with your past teacher, but also sh- you should write poems. <laughs> I don't think it's, I came it's up. It's implied. I think you just said, <laughs> it's great. Tell me about your poetry. Uh, but um, yes, Archie tells her like, hey, I'm heading out on a trip. Meanwhile. Yeah, we're just rolling through these. Veronica has a scene where she interacts with Clay, which I think she has never done before, like one-on-one, where she's like, no, she hey. Has. Oh, you know, I, you know what? I think even the scene where... Yeah, um, I they think were talking about, I think Kevin was in the car. Kevin is always there. It's not always talking though. So Veronica's no, like, no, 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 you're wrong. He worked at the movie theater before her, and the, and they, oh, he did. Yes, he worked there first when the other guy did, and that's how they bonded. Anyway, I knew Ver- you. <laughs> Veronica is now like, hey Clay, Jughead likes this story that he wrote a comic about. And the I'm Comet. And I'm rich, so I bought the movie rights from the agents. And I would like you, a 16-year-old, to write the movie version of it. Cool? He might also be 18. Impossible to say. <laughs> um, yeah, he wants to be the writer-director. Apparently, he's been working on it for a long time. They want to see if they can try to get Sidney Poitier, Poitier, Poitier. Poitier into um, it. And they think they can do it because of Josie. Here's the thing. Honestly, I think that with... Most of movie making is connections, and what they yes. have is connections. I'm also on board like, with this. She's rich. She has ends in Hollywood. She owns the rights. It does not matter that Clay's the writer or director. Like it could, but like if they get Sidney Poitier as the actor through their friend Josie McCoy, who thinks Veronica is the best person ever, then they I think, could make. This then I movie. think they'll just probably be like, yeah. Bruh. And Elizabeth Taylor will play the white woman. Yeah. So, uh, while this is going on, Reggie is crying. Yes. Because he found out that his super cool basketball camp is at the same time as harvest season. Yes. They, they, apparently they got the dates wrong and it's right in the middle of sweet corn harvest. And that's honestly, that's, dude, yeah. the, dude, the funny thing is, that's probably the, the most like realistic stakes I've seen. This is the most <laughs> legit problem that any character on the show has ever Cause, had. Because as he explains, oh, that single harvest supports their farm for the entire year. And it's also worth mentioning, his parents aren't getting paid by the mayor anymore. Nope. Like, the, the mayor's no longer buying a boy. So they definitely need Reggie's help to, like do that like like the or they'll lose the farm but don't worry because a boy wants to write a poem yeah archie's like i can just work the farm it's like i think i'm gonna travel he's like no working like i want to have an experience working a farm is also an experience he's like look that's the the same as a train they can't pay you well it's a duck creek it's out of riverdale and yeah i'll just work the season which like, how long is this camp for? Like, uh, uh, two it's got to be two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So he'll he'll work the farm. He'll write about working on a farm. He doesn't need pay, just food and a roof. He uses the phrase 
breaking bread with your parents, which uh, feels weird. (laughs) But, like, to be fair, Reggie has been eating Archie's parents' food for so long. It's so weird. And then the scene ends up being, I love you, Reggie. I love you, Archie. I'm like, what? It's so weird they decided to focus on their Archie-Reggie relationship. Not a friendship that's ever been, like, big in the comics. (laughs) They're enemies, right? They're rivals. Like, no one in Archie comics are enemies. No one's an enemy, except for the Punisher. But (laughs) look, audience, I cried almost during the sequence. Well, a scene that didn't make me cry, just made me very confused, was when Alice (laughs) (laughs) goes into Betty's room in the middle of the night and cries on her bed. Because, oh my god, they could not decide what is in this book. Because she said she read the book, and neither of them will say what is in the book. They'll, I guess it's the letters from the teens in town, but like, there's gotta be other stuff there. And they will eventually connect it to Alice's dreams of being a stewardess. Yeah. Oh yeah, Alice's like, oh those girls, they have dreams and aspirations. I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> And look, audience, I looked up the history of female flight attendants <laughs> in America. Could she have wanted to be an air stewardess in the 1930s? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. But also, I deleted, so I will always keep, like, things open on my phone. Yeah. With, like, links to important things. Yeah. And I closed the link because I did not think it could possibly be important. <laughs> no, no, here's the thing. I... I, I also looked this up a few weeks ago. I, I And also, I just know flights. Like, well, there, were, like, there wasn't commercial flights in the 1930s. No, there were, like, female flight attendants during pre-World War II. Yeah. But not in the thing that Alice not, wants. Yeah, not in, like, a stewardess, glamorously flying across no. the world and j- jet-setting, seeing sights. No, they were, like, weird storage flights where yes. people were essentially cargo. And this is a job now. <laughs> now? Like, if Alice was like, look, Betty, I always thought you should be a stewardess, I'd be like, yeah. yep, well, well, I Aaron, get that. Well, Aaron, I have a solution for you. Once again, thankfully, Tabitha Tate did make the airline industry a bit more advanced than it actually would be. Okay, so speaking of Tabitha Tate, Jughead will write his editorial yep, yep. about censorship and, it, and, and all it, of these things. It's a it's a very sweet editorial. It's, it's very, really good. He says, like, try to be a builder, not a destroyer. I really like the end of the storyline because they don't win. No, they lose. They, yeah, they, they they don't beat the... Con- they do, like, like, you can see that obviously they're going to do it, like... Eventually, because we are in the future, we get this. This works because we know where it eventually goes. Um, so you get this idea, and you get to see people who are reading Pep Comics, even though it doesn't have the the thing on it. And his entire thing's like, "Oh, I don't think anyone." It's just, it's really good. And then Riverdale f's this up <laughs> because Jughead arrives home, and Tabitha Tate is in his train car. But she's not wearing glasses. Because she's not his Tabitha Tate. Nope. She is the guardian angel slash chromomancer of Riverdale. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And she brought him a TV. Because (laughs) it's time to bring it all back. And she shows him that color TV. Yeah. Because it's color. Yeah. And he watches... Riverdale. Riverdale. He watches the entirety of Riverdale, the TV show. The every time they will show 
these triggers yeah. is the opening of Riverdale, the TV show. Yeah, yeah. So he watches Riverdale. And I'll tell you, after watching that, he comes back stunned, which I'm like, man, same. <laughs> Buddy, I I would be in my bed for like four days Can you if imagine, this was about me. Can you imagine binge watching this show? If it was about you, too. <laughs> yeah. If you were Jughead, you'd be like, nope. So Tabitha's like, hey, guess what? You succeeded. You made this timeline less dark and nihilistic. I'm like, I guess so. I mean, they, I guess they kind of did Riverdale, but there's an entire world that Werther's is going to Washington. There's still, it's a very small town. I would argue the effects did not ripple. I would argue on the large scale, they changed nothing. Like even like Cheryl came out to her, her team, but like that doesn't change. And, she well, did did not come. So when she tried to come out to her parents, yeah. they were like, "Look, you either have to narc on everyone, yeah, or go into the closet, yeah." Well, and she I picked mean, the closet. I mean, she, she didn't try to narc. They they uh, she didn't try to come out to them. They just said narc on everyone, or yeah, go in the closet. And she went into the closet. I'm sorry, show these teens succeeded at nothing. Yeah, like it, like. I guess you could argue that like things are getting better, but they but they're like, well, they got better because the mayor was a communist spy. But here's the thing: Tabitha is the one who made him a communist spy. And what if he was a normal mayor? Because a lot of small towns in America had not communist spies yeah, who but... were also racist or homophobic, <laughs> yeah, or like whatever. Yeah, like ta- it, like they didn't change anything that feels like is inherent to the to like the internal nature of America or reality, except for the things that it feels like Tabitha set up their own wind condition. <laughs> but she goes on to explain that even that they did all do great because they're innate decency, which to be fair, we had mentioned that they are they do just seem to be innately have 2023 like morals. Morals. But uh, unfortunately but, because she did that, she used up all of her energy. Yeah, she well cuz her thing was she was going around trying to untangle the timelines and she couldn't. There was too many timelines, too many things going on. This is going to be a whole lot of weird science fantasy babble. So instead, she took them all, put them all into one timeline. This timeline. I'm like, what do you mean? What um, does that mean? She, and she had to use, but she had to use the energy from all the timelines to stabilize it. So she cannot send them back to their she, proper timeline. No. Which uh, is 2023. Oh, no, 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 Aaron. No, it's not. Um, no, she says that. Oh, no, she does. And she's wrong. Yeah, she is wrong. Yeah, what she's, She doesn't say, I can't send you back to your proper time. She says, I can't send you back to 2023, which is what? fine. Because they weren't in 2023. They were in 2027, 2023. Is right now in 2023. Jughead was the Rat King. Exactly. <laughs> Archie was at war. Veronica was marrying. How did um, you stumbled at the finish line. You just had to remember the year your show took place in. The year that, you skipped forward to, guys. That should be written on a board somewhere. Could you not edit this because of the writer strike and somebody put in 2023 with a note being like, change this to the proper time, and you couldn't? But Just like, tell the actor to improv, improv the right year. Thing, like, couldn't Aaron, what's her face, say the right year? <laughs> like, oops, it was a mistake. <laughs> Jeez. So, so, 
She can't do that. Everyone's got to stay in the 1950s, <laughs> I guess. She, she can show them what their futures could be. No, not their futures. Their past. They can't go to the future. <laughs> yes. It's not their future anymore. They can only show it is their the past, past of 2020. Of 20, <laughs> what? Their, their past of 2027. She's like, we can show them. They can decide if they want to remember. I'm like, this will ruin their lives. What do you mean? Like, at the very least, I guess they can see and then decide, though it feels like they should be able to pull that switch at any time. Yep. Uh, so, okay, Tab was like, hey, why don't you go tell everyone? And he's like, okay, I'll go tell everyone. I'll put the offer out there like I did in the first episode. Also, Clay is there, which has got to be weird for him. And Julian. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so. but, but this time... When he erratically explains it to them, <laughs> well, no, but this time he, this time he does it pensively. Listen. This time he does it pensively. Oh, that's and right. It's slowly. not erratic. Yes, it's calm. So, so they're like, hmm. Well, also we've been through a lot, so I guess at the very least we'll draw straws. Veronica doesn't want to go check on her boyfriend. The person that she <laughs> appears to love this episode. Yeah, but it's only teen love. So okay, so Archie shows up and he's like, "Hey, dude. Last time I showed it at you, but this time." I got the straw. Yeah. So, hey, let's see what we got here. So, apparently, they got to do this in the sex bunker. So, they do a binge watch. Yep. Archie watches Riverdale. I can't stress this enough. They are watching the TV show Riverdale. And Archie learns he was a boxer. He was a prisoner. He was a football player. He was a soldier. You forgot. Just like his dad. You forgot musician, man. That was like a big thing for the first season. So important. But but just like the writers of the show, they forgot the first season. (laughs) So he's sad because he got there. This could have been the entire episode, but I think. I'll give it to them that they definitely don't want to explore this, but there's so much stuff there. Because the like, worst thing they say is when they're like, when Archie's like, "Well, I mean, in your weird future slash past timeline, yeah. I was with my dad for longer before he died." Yeah, but then he died again. It's so sad. Yeah. So at this point, I was really hoping because he made the offer and the head decided to take the offer. I'm like. Man, I really hope the idea is that Tabitha can remove the memories after. It's not like you have to decide before you know what the memories are. Fortunately, that is the case. But we do move on. Veronica and Betty show up together because, you know, B and V. Do you think when they watch the the show, they're like, oh, we weren't really friends. (laughs) Oh, man, we weren't weren't friends at all. Okay. We, We didn't even have that weird, like, sexual thing we had for two episodes. No. But, um... Like, Betty gets very concerned with the fact that she and Jughead Jughead had, like, a very ongoing relationship. I think she more has to do with the fact that her dad was a serial killer and then dead. And now he's back and kind of a weenie. And then Veronica's like, yeah. Oh, and Polly was dead, and then she was back again. And then I think she died after the resurrection? Or was she one of the good ones? Impossible to say. Can't remember. And Veronica's like, yeah, and I did Archie, and then I had a husband... Chad and I and killed him. He was killed, and then I killed my father. <laughs> Don't say he was killed. She <laughs> she does at least say I killed my husband, Chad. <laughs> to be fair, Chad, he do suck. He do suck, but that doesn't mean you can <laughs> kill people. You can't just kill people because they suck. Uh, Veronica kill, Veronica kills a lot of people because they suck. Yeah, also her dad, uh, and then everyone. Uh, then a bunch of other people look. So we have just writing this down. We have Dilton dead. Tony and Cheryl, honestly, pretty much the same. Yep. Reggie, completely different. <laughs> it's very different. Fangs, a lateral move. 
<laughs> and then Kevin. Oh, and- also Mitch isn't there, despite the fact that okay, I know she's. I know she's in the um the the nun asylum, but she does have memories, and it is important. she died. <laughs> um, Charles, sorry. Not Charles. Oh, my God. Kevin. Clay and Kevin oh. refused to come watch. Well, beca- Kevin, be- Kevin beca- specifically. No, because Archie told Kevin that Clay was not a part of it. Kevin asked if Clay was part of it. Yes. And when got no, said, I don't want to go, which I think is sweet. It's very good. He gets, yeah, gets retconned later. Um, Julian didn't want to come because he learned he was a doll. So he's like, <laughs> why would I want to be there? Yeah, also good. Who's, sorry, who's Jason? <laughs> why, why is it Jason? Why wasn't Jason? Anyway, so after this is done, everyone kind of chats. And Tabitha's like, hey, so. You guys want to forget all that? She can do it, apparently, because she's an angel. And I had to jump in and say, no, she's not an angel. At this point, she's God. Yes. She said, she said I collapse all the timelines into this timeline. She created this world. She is just God. And the choices she made are insane. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Some of them some of them <laughs> reflect on a larger scale than just this one. But even in just like this town, she made people who were related not related anymore. <laughs> she made she turned Penelope Russian. She wasn't. <laughs> she collapsed the League of Stupid Evil. She I, I know we want to talk Tabitha a lot about... Tabitha Tate is just a old woman who likes to sleep with teenagers she, only once. She turned Evelyn into a child, and then she turned... Josie, Josie into an into adult. Josie into an adult. What? Why are we on board and, with this? And, and now, as she said, this is it. This is the world they live in now. You picked this this one time. Yeah. So, um... Then someone asks, well, hey, what if, couldn't we just, like, only have the good memories? Kevin, you say someone, that someone is Veronica, which is very important. Yeah, so Veronica wants to have only the good memories. And Tabitha says, no, so Jughead is like, oh, no, no, no. But Tabitha's like, no, that's absolutely how it works. (laughs) And that is, okay, (laughs) so. It is how it works. Okay, so this is the part where I have to say a lot of stuff. Okay, well, number one, why? That sucks. Because this season, and I would argue this series... Is about learning from the bad is a Is about... Man, please, Aaron, stop saying I, I have to cut I, so I many of those out. Kevin, it's so, <laughs> it's so important. The this, thing with the show is about how you learn from bad things that happen. Well, I mean, like, not only just that... It's about this. This I'm gonna focus on just this season, though you got it a lot in season one. But there's just this season, specifically this season, was about looking back on the 1950s, a, ni- a time when there are certain people who really just in grand days and stuff like, oh, it's the best time. Yeah, the 1950s was the best time. Why couldn't we go back to the 1950s? Why couldn't I be born in that time? But then looking at that, and this beginning, this episode began with him saying, actually, there's a lot of darkness, a lot of stuff, and by facing that stuff. We were able to make things better. And then they decide to cap off the series. I guess unless if things change next episode. But to cap Uh off this series, no. What you should do is actually forget all the bad things of the history and only focus on the good things. They're literally whitewashing their history. We cannot learn. 
and that's a win. That's a win. It's like, oh yeah, no, of course you can do that. Why would and look because I I I I am perfectly fine with like an overly happy end. Like I I honestly think that like I don't think everything has to be like grim, dark, or like like shades of gray. But this season. Also, I think you could have just like skipped forward in time and been like, hey, it's 2023 or 2027, which is what it should be. And things are better now because of what we did. You could ignore the problems of today because we did stuff before. Yeah. No, I mean, yes, we we could also just talk about I don't know why they decide they had to stay in the 1950s. Um, I wonder if that was a production thing. I wonder if that was a conscious creative choice. We do know they used to say, they being Roberto, said that, no, it's not going to be the 1950s the whole time. But not only is not the last episode probably not going to jump forward, they're just not going to. It's just going to be 1950s now. So anyway, all of our main characters who have gone through, like, aggressive trauma in the 1950s watch Riverdale. Yeah, but only the good parts. Only the good parts of Riverdale. Only the happy parts. Jughead, while Veronica's arm, like, lays over yeah. his shoulder, looks over to his side. Yeah. And he's he's Tabitha, yeah. who seems uneasy about this. <laughs> yeah. And he follows her out to the streets. Yeah. And on the streets, he's like, hey, is this how it should be? Yeah. Can I go do, with you? Do you want to stay? This time? <laughs> I'm like, no, she can't stay. She's God. What is your future? And she's like, oh, no. Your Tabitha will go to business school. Yeah. And then law school. Do, no, I, I would argue that's not his Tabitha. His Tabitha is her. Oh, that's true. Yeah. The 1950s The 1950s Tabitha, Tabitha he barely knows. Who will go to business school. Yeah. And then law school. And then never come back to this dumb small town. <laughs> to be fair, that was also what Tabitha did originally. It's true. <laughs> she came back, like, after the time skip. But, yeah. Um, so, no, she's like, no, she can't stay. There's this cool concept in the middle there, which is kind of interesting. She mentions that. So, remember they did that whole, like, time bubble grow old together yes. version? Um and Jughead has remembered this because of him seeing the TV show oh, of Riverdale. Remembers everything. Yeah. Um, that is, and she, what she says is like that always exists. There is a version of us who is just living together, growing old. Like that time bubble version will always exist somewhere, and that's like a bit of a cool concept in this idea of like this mm-hmm. bittersweet. It's like, hey, we can't be together because I am literally God uh, and, and my presence would uh, demolish you um, is what I assume it would be. But this thing would be like, but there somewhere there is a version of us that is happy and has lived forever. There's another version of us that got destroyed by a comet. Like, I just, I feel like I'm mad at this show. It's a bit confusing because she did say she collapsed the timeline. So there's only one timeline, but. And like last episode, the show just was like, no, no, you guys buy in on like Jughead and um, Veronica. And this whole season was not about being like different timelines, like different things can exist at once. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just mad. (laughs) I'm just mad about how the show decided to do different timelines. Yeah, I mean, mostly because, like, they they clearly weren't interested in it. The way no. the way that Tabitha gave her explanation was so weird. And which like, I had I couldn't untangle the timeline. So I had to, 
collapse them into this one. But also, there are, I can't say, you have to go to, like, other universes. Like, it's very... It's very confusing, but they seem to want to give just enough information for it to feel important. Yeah. Um, and Jughead, okay, so he uh, he gets a kiss goodbye from Tabitha. Yeah. And he has a whole trigger where yeah. he's like, oh, it sucks that you had to die to make this whole thing happen. Oh, that, that's when she brings up the whole thing where it's like, oh, but I didn't because that, because that is, because yeah. you, you changed the future. And he's like, oh, I don't want to do time paradoxes. Don't worry yeah. about it. Uh, then, then she kisses him. We're going to ignore the fact that he is 16 and she and is. And she is 27. Eternal. Eternal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> eternal. She's God. She is God. Uh, so Jughead kisses God. Yeah. And then God is gone. But he, then he says, and she, she left, but she gave us the greatest gift of all. And I'm like, yeah, a whitewashed history where you don't have to think about the bad things. Except... Jughead knows. Jughead decides to remember everything. Apparently, as you're watching it, you can just decide whether or not you want it to affect you, which is, you know, fun. And the other person who picked this, the other person who wants to know the bad, complicated, He's... many layered <laughs> memories. It's Betty. So I think I think it makes sense that Betty. Yeah, it rolls, does. <laughs> but Betty would also like character-wise, you can see why Betty would be like. Especially, especially once again, with her at the very least, we can look at her character over the entire series. And we can also look at her character in the 1950s and yeah. we're like, yeah, she is unsatisfied. Yeah, no. So she'll remember everything. And boy, I think she's going to have a real good life if she has knowledge of future events. Right? Like, I know it's the 1950s. She has some time. But at the very least, she could invest in, like, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's Tabitha removed Apple. so But will she invest in Apple? We don't know. Yeah. Because there is time for one more chapter. Yeah. The cosmic that, shuffling. The stage is set. And that chapter is Goodbye, Riverdale. Aaron. Yeah, Kevin. So this episode, um, I'm going to change things up a little bit because, hey, it's a penultimate episode. Um, and I feel like now there's so many things going up. Instead of, a C, instead of a CW moment, just tell me something. Tell me. Um, we know that they watched Riverdale. Uh-huh. What moment do you think was the weirdest thing for them to see? Oh. <laughs> I mean, how can it not be Archie following Hermione to that cliff? <laughs> And being like, yeah, I guess I'm in the mafia now. <laughs> um, I was, yeah, I was gonna say it was Betty Sad Strip. <laughs> I think both of those moments are in the same season. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Betty Sad Strip. I do have uh, one important question, though. <laughs> yes. I guess. Um, did they see Rivervale? Um. Oh, Did, what a question. Is, is the only way to make... I don't think you have to see Rivervale to make season six make sense. I think it makes it easier and there's not suddenly alternate... Dem- no, at the beginning, he gets a call from someone. Yeah, I... I oh. Did they see oh. Rivervale? Because all of them were aware of an alternate dimension, but not what happened in Rivervale. Archie I, was sacrificed by the town. I also think... um. 
Dilton we- didn't seem depressed enough when they cut back to him. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, well, when he got all the happy moments, he just wasn't in it anymore. Because <laughs> Dilton dies in three. season three. Yeah. He, and before that, he's just a crazy survivalist who hears a gunshot when Archie. Oh, they did have to see Archie have an affair with a teacher. Um, who left, no, I, I, I guess. No, no. I mean, no, actually, you know what I would say? I think when they. No. When, okay, okay, but okay, Archie okay, had. No, 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 please. Yes. I think we have to we have to accept that what they're seeing is not like they they are watching Riverdale. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I don't think like Archie is seeing all the things that like Jughead was up to when he was at the Oh. Cuz they only got their own memories back. So they're seeing their own things. Yeah. So Archie just remembers like really being in love with well, Miss Grundy well, and he's would, like, "Yeah. I would argue I get that. that they probably also technically remember things that aren't on the series. Like Archie remembers being 10 years old with his dad. And Betty remembers killing that cat because her dad forced her to. But which version of it does she remember? Uh, (laughs) I think that makes the most sense. Like when their memories come back. Otherwise, they only remember specifically the things that happened on Riverdale. And it doesn't make make sense for the way they are. I think that is – I'm willing to give them – I think that's shorthand for us. Kind of like a funny shorthand. They do remember everything about themselves. Which makes me wonder, do they – no, no, because they aren't Rivervale people. They are from Riverdale, so they would yes. not also have Riverdale, Rivervale lives. Unless the Riverdale characters remembered something from River, Riverdale, Rivervale, because some did, I think. I think they, they did seem to have flashes of Rivervale. Yeah. Um, we're obviously thinking of this more than anybody ever has in the world. No. Um, I do wonder quickly, or not wonder, I am thinking now. That Jughead has like three or four lives in his head. Yes, because he has a time bubble life. He yeah, has his uh, twenty twenty three life. Yeah, now he has the nineteen fifties life. I mean, yep. just three lives. He has three lives in his head. No, but he also has his. Oh, he might have the strongest connection to Rivervale. He might. Yeah, have I think life. so too. I think he has both. <laughs> I mean, we know in Rivervale there's multiple Jugheads. Like with, he will have one <sighs> of them. I, I th- think. <laughs> I think it's so funny that they're just like. Watch this and decide if you want to remember it. I'm like, and they're like, why do we want to? Remember? But like, which? Well, and, well, what about Reggie? Only remember Reggie watches the show and he's like, wait, that's <laughs> me. Rich? I mean, I was, you know, I was a car dealership rich. But my dad owned a car dealership. <laughs> my mom's just not around. I owned a casino. That can't be right. <laughs> I love Veronica. Show. I've never spoken to her before. Oh, I mean, no. He remember he was he did kind of have a Veronica oh he did or Betty. yes. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm just there. There's just so much. There's so much there of like all the things that they would now know, and like I think the idea of being like, hey, watch this. But only get the good moments. Even with the good moments, like, that's going to really – that's probably going to mess them up more. Because there's going to be now just gaps in their memory of when they were 27. Can you imagine being fangs watching this (laughs) and, like, not knowing about Moose? 
not knowing about the Tony relationship. Can yeah. you imagine being things? Not knowing about <laughs> baby Anthony? Yeah, is is his happy moments the child that doesn't exist anymore? Oh, that child got wiped from it. We don't know. Baby the, Anthony. That just... child adult? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. The, he, got, he got quick aged to being an adult. And then we never saw him again. Tabitha killed that baby adult. Like, t- Tony... <laughs> Fine, but Fangs, can you imagine being Fangs, whose storyline currently is, hey, I love my teenage girlfriend, Midge, who's a little bit pregnant, and I'm going to be a rock star. I mean, he would know that Midge died in one world. Yeah? Yeah, you know that Midge died. They know that Eflin was an ad. They're... (laughs) I, I know I know we are digging in too close to this and they and I know that honestly even the writers of the show are like, oh don't think about the specifics. I of can't this, not. But I, I can't. Uh, so it's FCW moment, I guess that's what we did. So if you would like to talk to us about Riverdale, we're at Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, and at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And, uh, oh, yeah, I guess there's one more episode. So give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcast or your podcaster of choice. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen next time I say goodbye. I mean, no, I know what's going to happen. They're going to give slow goodbyes to every character one at a time. Yeah, it's going to be dumb, and we're going to hate it. Yep. Yep, but hey. You're not dumb, and I don't hate you, because uh, you can come check out my books. They're on my website, kevinweirdbooks.com. And once again, I will be in Edmonton on the weekend of September 15th for the Edmonton Comic Expo. And I'm over at aflimsyplan.com, and you can also see our play this here week. in Calgary this week. Yep. Uh, you can check out, uh, get more information on the website, uh, bit.ly. Bit.ly. I guess that's how he said it. Bit.ly. Uh, slash... I'll go say at the same time. FCT at AF. FCT at AFP. FCT at AFP. I thought we were going to try to say it at the same time, but then too hard. Okay. (laughs) FCT at AFP. Bit.ly slash FCT at AFP. We've said that (laughs) so many times now. Uh, We'll see you next week. Are Frank and the Sheriff an item? How will Cheryl redeem the Blossom name? Who's going to have their memories drive them insane first? Answers to all this and more on the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. Teen Drama Fancast? <laughs>